Hello and welcome to another episode of Substance on Substance. I'm Phil Graham, I'm head of the Economic Substance Analysis in the BVI at Harney's, joined again by Josh Mongeau. Hi, everyone. Wanted to firstly touch on everyone's favourite topic, the code. We still don't have it. Obviously, as, as, as we talked about on the last podcast, um, there was a hurricane uh, in, in the BBI last week, which delayed uh, the House of Assembly in terms of them being able to meet. We do understand there has been some progress. Uh, we do understand that, that the reading occurred. Um, and we're very hopeful that there will be information coming out soon via the Gazette in the BBI, um, which will detail the passing of the legislation in relation to the BOSS Act. And then after that, the, the code being sent out by the ITA. We will, of course, update all of our listeners uh, as soon as we hear anything. What I want to do today is dive in very quickly to some practical examples um, around two of the areas that seem to we seem to be getting sort of the most amount of queries. The first one is um, obviously holding business. It is of huge amounts of interest to everyone around the world as to whether their entity may be deemed to be a holding business, given the very narrow definition of it under the economic substance legislation, or actually whether it might be outside scope for the legislation completely. Now, I wanted to sort of address some of these questions at Josh, who has been dealing with with, with a large amount of these queries from our clients. Um, The first query really is in and around bank accounts. Um, And there's been a lot of conjecture around this point. My second question will be around brokerage accounts, so we'll leave that one for the moment. But actually, when looking at bank accounts that a company holds, Josh, what's your view on how that applies to the holding business definition and what an entity should be looking at um, vis-a-vis its bank account and its relationship? Thanks, Phil. So on the face of it, the definition of a pure equity holding entity is very narrow. It's an entity that only holds equity participations in other entities and only receives dividends and capital gains. Um, and the, the IT has stressed how narrow that is. But the concern is that by receiving a dividend, a company may fall outside that definition if that dividend is cash or is received into a bank account, which would be an absurd result. So viewing this proposably, we think the answer is if the bank account is current account only operated to receive the dividends and the capital gains and to pay the expenses of an entity, that is not enough to take you outside the definition. Viewing it proposably, that has to be disregarded you get the same answer whether or not that current account bears interest. If there is a current account which is holding large amounts of cash, even if it's a significant amount, um, which particularly that derives from some activity which is not holding the equity participation, you know, historic activity that has ceased, for example, or there's a significant working capital reinvestment strategy, then that type of account may start to take you outside the definition. Um, it's not a it's not a completely clean answer, but the, the the takeaway point is bank accounts don't necessarily take you out. Thank you. Um, moving on to brokerage accounts, which absolutely should be distinguished here, um, and and again is a very common holding that that a number of people use um, BVI companies for. They they hold a brokerage account. In relation to that analysis, Josh, um, that there are obviously two different slants. There is a brokerage account that has a multi um, sort of purpose may have many different types of assets in it, and there is a brokerage account that purely has equities in it. If you could address both of those, that would be very helpful for our listeners. Sure. So taking the each of those first, the mixed purpose brokerage account typically will take the entity outside the narrow definition of being a pure equity holding entity, and assuming that that is just then 
uh, also comprising some some other uh, interests or debt held investment. There is then no relevant activity at all. The t- type of brokerage account we often see in practice is is a mixture of um, cash, you know, cash equivalents, equities, and some other debt securities. And that that kind of mixed portfolio brokerage account is not going to put you within a narrow definition. Where you're just holding equities, um, we think that you need to look at the way in which those equities are actually held. Most brokerage accounts are used to acquire listed equity securities, where actually the, the entity won't hold the equity participation itself. The broker may do that, or in fact, the broker may hold some sort of interest in a security, which is actually then held through a depository or a custodian or, or a clearing system structure. Again, in those examples, most of those will not be caught by the equity, pure equity holding entity definition. Um, if it's a brokerage account just holding private shares, for example, then you might have a, a pure equity holding entity, but those are pretty rare to encounter in practice. Thank you. Um, looking at other assets um, that potentially a BVI vehicle could hold, if you could quickly sort of rattle through the type of um, assets that, that, that we commonly see, and obviously confirm what I think is going to be an obvious conclusion, but um, I'll let you take it through, take us through it. Sure, thanks. I mean, people use BVI companies for, for all sorts of things. They are the you know the world's leading um, incorporation product. They can hold things like arts. They can hold real estate. They can hold cryptocurrency interests. They can hold bonds, aircraft. All of these things of themselves are not relevant activities. So in many cases, if you just have a, a holding company, that is not caught by any of the nine relevant activity definitions. Those types of entities are not affected. Um, the, the, the exception to that is where they're holding assets as part of one of the nine relevant activities, in which case you, know, you need to look at that under Sky if, you, if you're in any of those definitions. Perfect. Uh, finally, just to address it, because it's a very, very common use property, um, both in terms of where you may hold a property uh, real estate interest directly and also where you may hold it through another entity that's, that's located in the BVI or, or indeed elsewhere? Sure. So holding uh, real estate or, or investment property is not of itself a relevant activity. So if the BVI company holds a legal or a, an equitable interest in the property itself, um, that is not of itself a relevant activity. You do sometimes encounter companies which hold a mixture of equity participations and interest in real property. Again, because of the narrow definition, those ones will not be conducting any relevant activity because they're not a pure equity holding entity. Um, the distinction is if the BVI company holds the equity participations in another entity, which then holds the property, i.e. an indirect holding structure, then the, B, the top BVI company in that example could be a pure equity holding entity if it satisfies that definition. So you need to look at how the property is held. Perfect. Final question um, is in and around the financing and leasing activity, which is probably the second most common one we, we, we get asked around. Um, let, let's not talk about sort of complex uh, financing structures, but, 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 but a very common usage is, is in relation to intra-group lending. And I really wanted to sort of touch on that um, with you, Josh, and, and talk around the consideration that people will see as, as part of the act and as part of the draft code that's out there what exactly that means um, and, and how that's being analysed at the moment. Thanks. So it is quite common to encounter in group structures uh, some intercompany receivables or some intercompany loans. As you said, the definition um, can be quite complex. So if you're not sure, you know, please do contact us with any questions because it's difficult to give a clean answer on, on a podcast like this. That said, a lot of intercompany debt will not be caught by the definition because it's not provided for any consideration 
Um, it, the loans could be non-interest bearing, but typically they're not granted for any sort of fee or um, other other economic or valuable consideration, which which would which would satisfy the definition. Um, equally, they may not be part of a, a business of providing um, financing and leasing. Um, they, they may be one-off, or they may be incidental to some other sort of business. In those circumstances, the ITA guidance again demonstrates that those will not be considered to be carrying on um, a business of, of financing or leasing. Um, equally, debt held for investment, we're told, is not is not part of a financing leasing business. If you have a, a company which is providing lots of loans habitually, and it's, it's clearly a, a regular activity, and those loans are provided for interest, for example, then you might be inside the definition. So in those circumstances, please contact a lawyer. Fantastic. Hopefully those practical examples have been very useful. Um, and look forward to speaking to you again next week. Thanks very much, everybody.